Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. And joining us right now is Diane Cece, who keeps abreast of everything that's happening in the city of Norwalk. She is the leader of the East Norwalk Neighborhood Association, otherwise known as ENA. They publish a very colorful, very readable, very informative newsletter, which you can get for free. And yesterday, there was an announcement that Steve Kleppen and the zoning department in Norwalk, the city of Norwalk, had redrawn the maps that had garnered a lot of controversy and a couple of significant public hearings over the summer. So I figured Diane Cece would be the person to speak to about the substance of the changes. Diane, welcome back to the show. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm well. So did you have a chance to look at all of this? I did. Um, You know, you really need to sink your teeth into it more thoroughly, but um, they did issue the um, memo that has a bit of explanation of uh, where they're starting to back off some of the most controversial changes. And um, it's a memo that actually went to the commissioners themselves, but of course it's public record and mm-hmm. it's now posted. So people can go on and not only see the changes that they're making, these most recent changes, um, kind of backpedaling off this upzoning concept, um, but they can also see the narrative with some of the rationale about um, what's being modified and also the rationale for what they've decided to leave in for the upzoning. Um, I've done like just a brief review of it so far. There are a couple of areas that when I looked at them, I tended to agree that um, the zone may need to be changed to just conform where we have, there's actually some streets that are divided on the same street where the zoning splits. I see. And it d- doesn't seem to make much sense to me, but um, I guess they could have gone either way and changing one side of the street or the other. Um, the couple that I reviewed, it did seem to make sense that they might want to take a look at going from single to two family. Um, but those were few and far between. And the other ones that are still in there for the upzoning to either two family or multifamily or mixed use multifamily 
Um, I still can't wrap my head around the logic behind it. So tell me where. Tell me where they have retained the upzoning, Diane. So, so they've retained a bunch of it in the um, in the Silver Mine Broad River area, which is um, the New Canaan Avenue near, pa- um, near Perry in, Street around that area. Um, yeah. yeah, like like be, like behind that though. If you're in um, Broad River, like um, oh, I see what you mean. Is it yeah, root, yeah. Um, yep. I, I forget the actual route number, but we call yeah, it New Canaan Avenue. There's a couple Avenue. of shopping centers there. There's a yes, Chinese exactly, market there. Exactly. So there's okay. some pockets over there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a, a small pocket over here in East Norwalk, which is one of the examples of where um, the street itself is actually split um, between zoning. They're still doing very heavy up zoning around uh, what we call the Spring Hill Hospital area or Hospital Hill, um, up all around Norwalk Hospital. The memo um, justifies that based on the fact that the um, hospital itself is a large employer, and I think that they're what they're hoping for. I, I, I'm not sure if this is realistic in our minds, but um, they're, they're assuming that then employees then would be able to walk to work, and therefore not necessarily again this this concept that they don't necessarily need a car, which. You know, I'm, that's I'm not ridiculous sure how, over there. What are you talking about? Yeah, that is ridiculous. It, it, it's crazy. And, even, and even if you can walk to work, yes, it does take a car off the road, you know, commuting. But that doesn't take the need for parking and cars off in terms of living in, you know, a city that doesn't have. The only place around there that, you're, that you may now, the only place around there that, and I don't think it'll happen often, that you could theoretically argue you might not need a car is going to be the city that they put up, the new city in Norwalk with those 7, mm-hmm. 10, 17-story buildings that is going to be right. literally adjacent to a train station. Right. You don't want a car. Your whole life is commuting to and from work or you sit on your computer. They're going to have some – they'll have some retail. They'll probably have a dry cleaner and a market and a local cafe. If you want to Uber around and you don't think you need a car, that's fine. I don't see any place else like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Even in the pockets of neighborhoods where – the Hartford push is very heavy on creating as much density as they can around each of the transit hubs. Yep. Um, you know, you just don't you just don't have the services that are available within this you know this five minute walk to be able to get whatever you need, and it still doesn't account for living. It doesn't account for necessarily for entertainment, for healthcare, for visiting people, and the the. You know, the fact remains, too, on this parking issue, Lisa. We, we went over this when we talked about the Mill Pond Cemetery application. Yeah. Even if people don't necessarily have cars, they still have the need for services then to either be driven somewhere, a la Uber, correct, yeah. um, or to have deliveries of either food or sure. takeout or, you know, Amazon Prime. So you're still talking about cars in and out. You're just talking about a different driver. That's all. You're still, it's, it's, it's still the vehicles. It's just somebody else driving the vehicle. So, Are you relieved, Diane CC, that, uh, I mean, is there a significant amount of upzoning that now is off the table? Are you relieved yeah, there, about that? Yeah, there's a whole bunch in, in East Norwalk um, that, you know, has come off the table. There's still a couple of little pockets here besides that one I mentioned where the streets are split. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to dig more into that one, but there's still a couple of other pockets where it's um, up zoning into um, from two family into multifamily, which means it can be three or more. And I'm not really clear still on um, exactly all the uses that are staying in for a designation called mixed use multifamily. 
And that's normally where you have some sort of other commercial or service operation as part of a development. Um, I tend to lean on the side of encouraging that because it creates activity within neighborhood hubs and provides an opportunity for small businesses um, when it's done correctly. But I do have concerns with this. I, I think last time we talked, we, um, we talked about the fact that neighbors had identified objectionable uses um, for mixed use, you know, in terms of like um, neighborhood clubs and things like that, that can be really, you know, kind of disturbing and add to noise and pollution and traffic and everything in a neighborhood. So I need to sink my teeth more into exactly what uses are being left in there. But I would say that, that what they've pulled back on citywide, um, when you read this memo, they actually go through the numbers of where they started with um, Initially, before it saw the light of day, they were upzoning uh, 6,685 units. And then when they actually prepared the draft map that went to public hearing, and you know we only had about seven or eight weeks, I think, before that, yeah. maybe not even, to review it. Um, that had dropped down to 4,260, which was still uh, – that's what caused the uproar, as you know. Um, and now the memo identifies that the – um, it reduces the number of parcels for upzoning to 1,253, um, 711 of which are currently single-family. So the impact of single-family to two-family looks like it's way down now to 711 units. But it's still a lot. It's still that's still a lot, you know. Especially and, and you know they yeah. they. I'm they surprised put in here it's that, that the 1,253 is yeah. only five percent of all parcels in the city. Yeah, but I'm surprised it's still that much. I think I, I am too, and I think that there's still going to be pushback on it. Yeah, I, I think that you know, first of all, I'm glad that they're actually stepping back on this because in the past, I would say six to eight years, we really haven't kind of seen this turnaround where um, the city um, at every level are willing to say, "Oops, we might need to go back to the drawing board on this." So. I think this is one thing where, you know, the the 900 signatures on petitions and signs in almost every corner of the city and letters and emails uh, really did make a difference. And um, for the most part, people were just, you know, really polite and respectful and thoughtful about expressing what their concerns were. So I'm glad they're reconsidering this. But I think a lot of what people are coming to now, Lisa, is that there's a lot of development in Nawalk, and we can't be expected to solve what Hartford um, is looking to solve in terms of housing throughout Connecticut. And I think that what a lot of people are looking to do right now, and I don't disagree with them, is let's let all of the development that's already happened and the development that's in the pipeline, for example, Glover Avenue with over 1300 I think it is now, over 1300 And what about what's um, happening on Wall Street? They just made and then, a deal and Wall they're going to develop all you, of that. Yep, so you've, you've got another you know few hundred units there. You have West Avenue with over 800 units yep. when yeah. um, the yeah. former YMCA will probably get approved, and uh, that's going to be eight, you know, another couple hundred. So that will be 800 units there. There's at least 150 units um, in the pipeline in South Norwalk. Um, there's approximately 80 over here. So we're, we're looking at the ones that I know of just the top of my head are between like 2,300 to like 3,000 or more in the pipeline. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And you and so know that, Diane, that we have no growth. We, and we have almost no growth in Connecticut. In the last 10 years, we had 0.7%. Yeah. Where, 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 yeah, where are these, where are these people that, mm-hmm. you know, and if you, and we if lost you just 40, the anomaly jobs. of, yeah, there was a big article today. We've lost 40,000 jobs. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. And I think that's a, yeah. that's a great conversation that maybe you can find some guests to come on about the, the chicken or the egg with jobs and people to fill them and where they live? Because what comes first? You know, is it the jobs that come first and then people start, you know, moving in and wanting so. to live where the jobs are? Or are so. companies saying, you know, like like Hartford is saying, well, I think that they've kind of hinted at least at saying, well, we have companies that would want to come here, but we don't have places for their workers to live. I'm like, okay, I'd like to see some examples of that, but... I think we need to let settle in what's in the pipeline. Um, if you follow the site Save um, Norwalk Neighborhoods, um, you'll see that we've um, a number of people are reaching out to say that we're not seeing the analysis of what the impact of um, what's in the pipeline is going to be on police, fire, schools, infrastructure, public works, etc. And um, I think it's a fair question for residents and taxpayers to ask the city to say, show us the analysis of what this growth would be if there's a full build out of this, whether it takes five years or 10 years or never happens. I think the public deserves to know what the impact will be on the, the cost of living here and the quality of life in Norwalk. And, and so far, this, that's Diane. not in anything we're seeing provided to the commission. Well, let me ask you this. In this entire re- rezoning, are they doing anything about the lighting requirements? Because, you know, I, I've been very, um, yes, yeah, I've been very yeah. interested in the issue of birds and migration. Yeah. And I was just interviewed yeah. on news 12, uh, yesterday yeah. and that just went up today. So I saw that and I'm so yeah. glad that you're continuing to speak out on that. And I think, um, I think we need to reach out to you as each of these developments come up so that you can speak to this too, as a concerned you know, Connecticut resident. But um, I do have to say, over the years, the city has embarked on looking at lighting in a whole different way. So they are, um, they started off with the type of lighting and what's called down lighting. Mm -hmm. And now applications that are being approved are making reference to dark sky um, and adhering to, um, or, you know, looking to require what those standards are for the dark sky requirements. Sadly, they didn't really take that into account with the Mill Pond Cemetery <laughs> development. No way. You're so we're still pushing for that because the, you know, the nuts and bolts of these things really come down to when the, um, you know, is that project may or may not move along. I, 
I can't speak too much to it because it's actually still um, under appeal technically. Um, But they do need to take this into account with every development. I think from they need to balance out the need for um, for dark sky, for bird migration and and safety, um, but also people safety and security. So they need to kind of find a balance. Yeah. And you can do that with motion detectors. You can do that with a lot of things, you know. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so in anything reflective as well, which is another concern yes, we have with these, That's right. you know, all of this glass and just all these industrial mm-hmm. boxy buildings, wherever you're going to have those, you know, that reflection is going to cause issues for the uh, the birds during the daytime. That's right. You know, and then That's you have right. the nighttime migration issue. So, yes, I do see the city paying attention to that. And, and the documents and the permits and um, conditions I've seen do use the term dark sky. So. Well, that's good. I'm glad to know yeah, that. Yeah, that's one good thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, we try in our small way to, to keep moving forward and redress the errors that we've made in developing the planet, you know, because we just march on as humans doing everything for ourselves. We just have to look up once in a while and pay attention that we share the planet with other creatures. Yeah, I know. I, I don't disagree with you, and I do um... – I think I just, you know, personally, even I have a fairly large carbon footprint, but I do try to, yeah, well, you know, be aware and do and do what I can. But I think when it comes to things like lighting and energy and environment and flooding and all of those things, I think that we need to reverse the way we think with permitting. And rather than, you know, the public being required to come up with, you know, experts and everything to say this is why we should be doing it. It, I would say nine out of ten of these things are just so common sensely, so especially like dark sky, um, that the onus would be on the city to come back to the public and say why they couldn't do it, or why they wouldn't do it, or why they shouldn't do it. Yeah, and because they, they are just so natural. obvious. If it's, you know, and we and we don't want to hear it's an undue burden on on a deep pocketed developers. Uh, right. You know, we're not, we're not doing that dance anymore. So it Diane should be the price it. of entry. You know, yeah. we talked about yeah. this. A few months ago, yeah. many of the things that they're getting these bonus amenity points for in East Norwalk to get the height and density that they want for their profits really should be the price of entry now from everything environmental to solar to energy to, you know, respect for our natural environment, period. You so, want to Diane, build here, what happens next? What you do. So what happens next? What is the next? So now that the city of Norwalk has issued this revised plan what happens next so so now um so they are looking now they've put in a special meeting with planning and zoning commission for tomorrow night on the 9th i believe it starts at six o'clock though they have a pre-meeting on some aquifer protection work and then they're going to go right into a dialogue um to talk about these latest changes um my understanding is that there's no permits or anything any other business on the agenda and so they'll continue the discussion through August. I believe Director Kleppen said that he's willing to add as many meetings as they need to, you know, to answer questions and continue the dialogue. Um, I think they've taken off the table this kind of arbitrary time frame of trying to shove this through in September and October okay. and said that, um, you know, they may not even set a deadline on it because, as we always say, it's better to get it right than to just push something through and then have to deal with the repercussions. And, you know, another thing I like to say is if this is a good plan today, it'll be a good plan a year from now. So let's not rush this thing. So that's where we are now. I do see, just with the review I did um, last night, Lisa, I I see more changes coming with this. 
because it's also more than just the zoning map designations for density. It's also still that land use table that we spoke about, spoke about with the actual uses that can be within a district. Yes. So yes. Um, I think they have some more polishing up to do there. And that will be another instance where the public then will say, we'll say to staff and the commissioners, um, you defend why you think we need this versus us telling, you know, trying to defend why we don't want it. Okay. it. It should be enough at some point to say we don't want this in Norwalk. And then someone better have a very compelling reason to say, you know, this is why it should stay in. Diane Cece, thanks for joining us today. How do people join your newsletter? What's the website? Okay, yep. So um, East Norwalk Neighborhood Association is eastnorwalk.org. If they want to get on the newsletter, they can go there and sign up. And if they have any questions or want to get on the newsletter, they can visit, um, email us at info at eastnorwalk.org. And, of course, we're on uh, Facebook and um, Instagram and nextdoor.com and all the social media as well. Thank you so much, Diane. Cece, Thank you, Lisa. For all Good the to work talk that to you. you all right, we'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexter Show. Stay tuned. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.